Europe's solidarity with Ukraine will remain unshakable. This is about providing future for humanity. Wir schaffen das. The Commission has decided to fine Google 4.34 billion euros. Questo piano è, è l'occasione della vita. This is Europe's man on the moon moment. We are innovating here and we hope that you like it. L'Europe, d'une force commune d'intervention. Long live Europa. Long live Europe. Vive l'Europe. Hello and welcome to Europe Calling, brought to you by the European Commission, looking at the politics and policies of the European Union today. With me, Stephen Jones. And me, Paul Anderson. Today we're focusing on the European Green Deal, the flagship programme of the presidency of Ursula von der Leyen, in particular at the progress made in the almost four years since the Green Deal was unveiled at the beginning of her presidency. The European Green Deal is a broad roadmap We care also about biodiversity and forests, agriculture and food, green cities, and for example, the circular economy. We do not have all the answers yet, but this is Europe's man on the moon moment. So to walk us through some of the red-button issues in the Green Deal, we're joined by Virginius Sinkovicius, European Commissioner for the Environment, Oceans and Fisheries from Lithuania. A very warm welcome to you, Commissioner. Thank you, and thank you very much for having me. Later, we'll also be joined by Martin Hoysik, member of the European Parliament from Slovakia. He's on the Parliament's Environment Committee and is a noted environmental campaigner. We'll also hear from the field when Paul meets a farmer with a deep passion for soil in a rich cattle farming area in the Auvergne in central France. But first, let's remind ourselves of the vast scope of the Green Deal, which, let's not forget, was launched before the COVID pandemic and the war in Ukraine forced the EU to reprioritize its actions. In a nutshell, it aims to clean the water and air, regenerate exhausted soil and shrinking biodiversity, to provide healthy, affordable, sustainably produced food, turn our economy into a planet-friendly one and to boost energy efficiency in industry and buildings. There's much else besides, but the overarching goal is to lead the world with a climate-neutral Europe and net-zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. Along the way, a 55% cut in emissions by 2030. In the construction and manufacturing sectors, that's building a circular economy with more efficient and resourceful production, repurposing and recycling materials, encouraging the production of electric vehicles and the use of alternative, sustainable fuels. In this edition, we'll test out the progress the EU is making towards implementation of the Green Deal, honing in on three key areas, flooding and droughts, soil health, and the curse of plastics for our environment and personal health. Commissioner Sinkovicius, what would you say is the Green Deal's greatest impact on people and the greatest benefits to them? Well, probably to to start with, uh, the greatest benefit is to have a livable future. But then looking into more details, what is going to ensure that we have a thriving economy? Many initiatives that you have uh, read in the introduction on circular economy, renewable energy, complete change in uh, transport industry and and etc. is going to have, of course, a major impact on our citizens, but most importantly, positive one. We cannot allow to continue to go the same way with air pollution We cannot allow to continue to go degrading our soils. We cannot continue with the degradation of our beautiful pristine seas. 
because that also puts into danger our coastal communities, our fishers, tourism, Europe as we know it. There have been distractions, as we've mentioned, since the Green Deal was launched in 2019. What's your assessment of the key priority in the remainder of the von der Leyen mandate and up to 2030? The scientists are warning us increasingly about the closing window. So I think now we will have to focus in this year and a half of our mandate on the implementation. The key files will uh, remain, of course, our batteries legislation, which basically is going to power our future and the Green Deal. The huge proposal on deforestation, a huge package on circular economy. And, of course, one of the key proposals of uh, zero pollution. It's an absolute must. Clean air and clean water cannot be a luxury in any of the corners of Europe. Many people across uh, Europe have woken up to the effects of climate change, the catastrophes that they faced in terms of dealing with floods and with droughts. Do these demonstrate the depth of the crisis, in your view, and what actions are actually being taken? First of all, our soil health uh, proposal, one of uh, the most important ones, because healthy soils, they can significantly help us uh, dealing with the drought. This is unfortunately a very expensive reminder to us that we might be slightly too late. And we have needed these sort of legislation, these actions earlier. Because if you look at the value that we lose due to the droughts, due to yields lost, Every year, it's billions of euros. Unfortunately, the reality is devastating on the ground. If we would say that forest fire seasons, they would start later in the summer. Now they're starting earlier and earlier. Regions affected, if we would say that's the issue of the south, now we see that north is affected more and more. Virginius Sinkevicius, many thanks indeed. And, and do stay with us, please, as we turn to our other guests with a take on this issue. Martin Hoysik, you're a member of the European Parliament and of its Environment Committee and also a passionate environmental campaigner. Welcome to Europe Calling. Thank you for the invitation. It's great to be here. What do you see as evidence of progress for ordinary people, the people that you represent, in the implementation of the Green Deal? I think what we see is uh, much more sun on our roofs, so wider deployment of uh, renewables directly by the people. And I think this is what is one of the very strong elements is, you know, it's about giving the energy back to the people. And I think this is uh, not only about the planet, but it's also about empowering people. High rates of renovations of homes, I we can still do more, but, you know, it's encouraging to see because it's not only good for the climate, it's something which is improving the quality of our homes, the quality of the life we can live there, by having better conditions, creating new jobs, helping to save us money. But also, what I want to stress is, when you mentioned the, the four years, we have seen this happening, I think, not thanks to us politicians, but thanks to you, because it was the public voice. The Green Deal was long overdue. It was because you voted the way you voted in the European elections. It was a very clear message from the people. Where does the EU need to fix areas where it's lagging or is having to adapt in light of rapidly changing circumstances? For example, the increasing floods that we've just been talking about and droughts that people are experiencing across Europe. It's good that you mention all this crisis. And I think this is something which shows the resilience of the Green Deal, that it survived it. But also, I think it's underpinning the fact that the Green Deal 
is the right answer to all of these. Now, in terms of where we could do more, there is, I think, insufficient action on the member state level. In my home, Slovakia, we still see too many obstacles for the people and small businesses in utilizing renewable energy. We have not done enough on uh, hazardous chemicals. This is where the science is clear, and we have broken the planetary boundaries, uh, and yet very likely the majority of the audience has hazardous chemicals that they had never knew about in their bodies. But also, and on a positive note, I'm hoping that this, we will get, and I'm really happy that the Commission is coming up with the Soul Health Law, because this was not originally planned. The Commission listened to us from the Parliament, listened to the Member States, and one of the crucial resources that we're not having a proper common rules for is the soil. So this is where I hope that we will catch up. Now, the Commissioner was talking about soil. How much do you see soil as being at the heart of biodiversity and nature reclamation? You know, soil... Soil is life. We almost don't real don't realize that you know when you go out there and take a handful of soil, how much life there is, and there should be actually. And that's part of the thing. It's our souls are dying. There is large part of our the biodiversity is the life in the soil. Soil is the best carbon storage. You know, nature should be the core part of the solution. Martin Hoyschik, many thanks indeed for joining us here on Europe Calling. And talking of soil, that's a good point to get out into the fields, literally. Paul has been out and about in his now native France, talking to one farmer with a deep interest in soil quality. Thanks very much indeed, Stephen. I'm at La Broussette, which is a small dairy farm of about five hectares in the Contal department of the Massif Central area of France. It belongs to Gérald Tessedou, who has around 95 head of cattle to manage. Bonjour, Monsieur Anderson. Merci beaucoup. So let me ask you first of all, Gérald, what do you think about the Green Deal? Do you think it's a good thing that can push the farmers in a new direction? It has its uses. We mustn't forget to pay attention to the environment, to nature, to the land that we will hand to our children. It's necessary to push forward practices that are valuable for the soil, for the climate, and also to be competitive. You have to produce. But I also think that the powers that be need time, a little more advice from the field. I really want us to be more green than green. However, there are issues. For example, the idea of reducing livestock by 30% by 2050 because there's too much methane. Methane is an excellent fertilizer. The more plants grow, the more carbon they sequester. So we should mix it. What is the state of soil? What is the quality of soil here in, on your farm and also more generally in, in the Contal area, which is a big agricultural area? In fact, there has been soil degradation through ploughing. On the other hand, I know we do have one big advantage, which is that we have livestock. When you're talking about breeding livestock, you're talking about pastures, and when you have pasture land, that's what regenerates the soil. We can introduce the slurry and effluents that come with livestock breeding, which also fertilize the soil. For the soil to be alive and working well, it needs organic matter, and then you just leave it alone. 
consumers seem to be more and more demanding these days, wanting to know where their food comes from and under what sort of conditions it's being produced. Um, do you think that this is an important feature for farmers these days? To feed the population healthily, the better the soil works, the more we are able to draw trace vitamins and minerals from the soil. Answer, in my case it's all about breeding. The more the ground performs well, the more it will produce and produce in quality. Paul, thanks a lot. Let's move on to the final big issue when it comes to ordinary people's perception of today's urgent environmental problems, plastics and plastic waste. The damaging effects of plastics on the environment and increasingly on human health is becoming clearer day by day. So is Europe doing enough here? Um, and right now we'll uh, hear from Martin Hoshik what he has to say about, first of all, plastics, but then also about renewables. Uh, I come from Bratislava, the capital of Slovakia, just downstream on the Danube from Vienna. In Bratislava, according to the, the science, there is more plastic in the Danube than fish. And this is scary. We have a serious problem with the plastic pollution, which is also closely linked with the toxic pollution because lots of the toxic chemicals are either in the plastic or get attached to the microplastic. So no, we sadly haven't done enough. Uh, yes, it's great to see the packaging and packaging waste directive, but um, the restriction of, on microplastics is long overdue. On the question of renewables, we could have been better earlier and especially could have been better in making it more accessible and open to people. And I hope that uh, we can really use this an opportunity that we have, use it in a, in a just way for the society, helping those which are, so to say, having the highest risk of uh, energy poverty, uh, rather than helping, uh, you know, uh, the rich ones are the big corporations. Martin Hoshik, MEP from Slovakia there. Commissioner Sinkovicius, what would you say? First, uh, we should start by saying that plastic is a great material, which surrounds us all across our lives. However, every year, Europe generates 26 million tons of plastic waste. So we have this as a growing issue which we need to react. And of course, our circular economy action plan tackles uh, exactly that. The first step was, uh, you know, single-use plastic directive where we banned 10 products that are absolutely unessential and can be easily replaced. Most likely we're going to, to expand that list. On another issue that's increasingly close to um, ordinary people's day-to-day -day experience, renewable energy production is soaring here in Europe, in large part, thanks, if that's the right word, to Russia cutting off its gas supplies. It seems to be mostly solar at the moment, but a lot of wind too. What, uh, what do you see as the opportunity here? And is this conversion happening fast enough for you? So at this moment, I would say that it's finally happening fast enough. But again, a bit too late. Uh, you're absolutely right that solar is on the verge, but I'm sure we will see huge surge of wind as well. And most importantly, the technology is also improving and it's getting cheaper. More importantly, what I'm extremely proud uh, is that European innovators, they don't 
sleep on those flowers of uh, this solar and wind fame, but they look for uh, additional opportunities. And I uh, only see them as scaling up and having our energy mixed, being independent from any of the autocratic regimes and not putting our businesses, our households in danger, but on contrary, supplying them with the clean and safe energy. Well, when we talk about biodiversity protection and rejuvenation, we tend to focus on the land, but the seas and oceans that you mentioned, the lakes and the rivers, they're also under threat. With your oceans and fisheries hat on, what's the concrete progress in ocean habitat and biodiversity protection? So here I would say that the biggest issue, of course, is, is a plastic pollution and pollution that is actually, first of all, starting on land. And we very often tend to forget that our fish stocks that we always want to, to have as large as possible, as healthy as possible, uh, that uh, profitability of our fishes depends, they are heavily impacted on the activities on land. I think all our initiatives that we already discussed before as regards the zero pollution, as regards the fight against the plastic pollution and so on, they're going to have a positive impact also on our seas. Uh, but uh, the last thing is also ensuring that member states, they combine activities on the sea because the pressures uh, for the seas is going to only increase. And that almost wraps it up. But before we go, we'd like Virginius Sinkevicius to find out more about the man behind the role with a series of quickfire questions demanding quickfire answers. So let's kick off. Outside of recycling, which is obviously now a widespread domestic habit, what one thing would you recommend people do to help advance Green Deal objectives? Oh, we say that the easiest uh, part is use uh, use your belongings, uh, use the products that, that surround you for as long as possible. Your clothes, electronic devices, give them a second life. What book has had the most powerful impact on you? What are you reading? I would very much uh, recommend uh, Enrique Sala with his The Nature of Nature. And in the context of the current um, events, Sergei Plochy wrote a book which is called The Gates of Europe about the history of Ukraine. So to better understand what is happening in our neighborhood, I highly recommend uh, this book too. How would you like your tenure as Environment Commissioner to be remembered? First of all, uh, with ambitious policies that actually been implemented on the ground and had a real change. Not tomorrow, in 10, maybe 20 years. And what beyond the Green Deal do you see as the crowning achievement of the European Union? I would say we had some great European moments uh, during this mandate. Covid was a big shock, a big hit to everyone. And uh, the moment that every member state received vaccine at the same time, that was a truly European moment. Secondly, our support, unwavering support to Ukraine. Again, Europeans, uh, people opening their house, donating enormous amounts of money, hosting Ukrainian families, accepting them all across the Europe. And finally, what's the one piece of advice you'd give to the teenage Virginius Sinkovicius, which of course wasn't all that long ago? I would probably say that um, uh, great moments, even maybe the greatest, can come in a big chance in your life and you will have to deal with it. And that's going to be also additional challenge. 
Virginia Sinkovicius, European Commissioner for the Environment, Oceans and Fisheries. Thank you very much indeed for joining us here on Europe Calling. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. And many thanks too to Martin Hoyshik, Member of the European Parliament, and to Gérard Tessedou, Dairy Farmer in France. And thank you to you too for tuning in. You can listen to a host of other podcasts produced by the European Commission on everything from farming to research and innovation to finance. Just Google European Commission audiovisual portal or search for the European Commission page on Spotify to discover more. But for the moment, from me, Stephen Jones, it's goodbye. And goodbye from me, Paul Anderson. Europe's solidarity with Ukraine will remain unshakable. This is about providing future for humanity. Wir schaffen das. The Commission has decided to fine Google 4.34 billion euros. Questo piano è, è l'occasione della vita. This is Europe's man on the moon moment. We are innovating here and we hope that you like it. L'Europe, une force commune d'intervention. Long live Europe. Long live Europe. Vive l'Europe. 